Welcome to the Rise with Rosa podcast. And today I'm actually going to be sharing more of my story. This is actually a spontaneous topic that um, that came to me. And I, and I realized that I actually want to share more of my personal stories because, you know, all these, all these thoughts that I'm sharing and all these, you know, um, words of wisdom, if you will, they obviously come with a story behind me. Mm-hmm. And so I can't expect for anyone to really understand where I'm coming from and, and you know, where I'm coming from with this stuff. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to share my story. So so Phil's sitting here with me right now. How are you, Rosa? And Phil, <laughs> despite the fact that I've known you for a while now, I uh, I don't think you really know my full story. I think I think you... I think I've got Howard, and drafts. Yeah, I think, um, <laughs> I think Howard shared... The you know it was a skewed version of the story. Mm-hmm. But I think about how you shouldn't get in the car with me because I got in four car accidents. My goodness! Yeah, what I, happened? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm going to redeem myself here, okay? And I'm gonna share the real real story of what happened. Compared so, to whenever when Howard tells a story, he winds up with his tongue out like yeah. halfway in, going what? Yeah. So so here's here's what really happened. Mm-hmm. So I, you know I don't even know where to start because this is a very spontaneous topic, mm-hmm. but it is a common story that I tell a lot and. So, so that I can be better understood on where I'm coming from, and so I, I get to I get to um, what, what's cool is that I actually understand and can see that if before this all happened to me, I would be the first person to judge this. I was very logical. I was more left brain. Mm. Um, so I went through a shift in my life. Okay, I actually never chose this. I never chose to see life in this way. I was awakened to it. Mm-hmm. There's a total, it's a total difference. It's a, it's a difference. And, and even though as I awakened to this, it's expressing aspects of me that was always there. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how it went down. I didn't just wake up and say, love, peace, and happiness, okay? <laughs> um, what actually happened was this. I was, when I was younger, I, I, you know, I knew of my gifts, you know, and, and it, was, it wasn't until I got older where I started to remember parts of me as a child. And we all have that. And not, not all of us remember what they, what they were or anything like that. But I do remember there were just things that, were, that stood out uh, when I was younger. And, you know, my parents are divorced and my parents are just amazing parents. You know, they did so many things wrong like everyone does. But they did so many things right. And, you know, just typical old school Italian upbringing, you know, really loud and lots of food and um, lots of moral talks and, you know, a lot of judgment and everything else that we that we we go through. But um, but there are also other things. And with respect, you know, just to respect my own, you know, the people in my life, I, I can't share too many details. But there was a lot that, you know, I went through with my family um, that that actually shaped the person that I am today and shaped the way I, I see life. And, um, and so what it did to me was that because I was an extreme, you know, athlete, I played on a provincial and national level and I went to school in the States on a soccer scholarship on a full ride. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I played at a very high level. So for even through high school, I would go to school, I would rush home. Actually, sometimes I'd go to school, I would play my after school, you know, sports team, then I would rush home, eat dinner, you know, at like 4.30 p.m. that my mom already had ready. She had stuffed my soccer bag and I'd have like three soccer practices, come home at 10, 11 p.m. And somewhere in between there, I was like a straight A student. So I was always just, it was just in my nature to achieve and go, go, go. Mm-hmm. 
And so that kind of helped me and hurt me at the same time. So it helped me in ways that, you know, because of that, I developed a lot of skills. I had the ability to be disciplined and focused and, and be goal oriented and, and achieve things. Um, and so it, it was really good in many ways. But at the same time, for what I was actually going through in my own personal life, you know, it wasn't a true reflection of what people would see on the outside. So I was being perceived as like this perfect person or I was being perceived as, you know, straight A student, great athlete, top achiever, Mm -hmm. all these things when really there was actually so much suffering happening within me. And um, that's weird. I just had like a weird emotional like (laughs) trigger. But it was... um, there was a lot of suffering happening and it wasn't a suffering of, you know, being bullied or not feeling good enough or anything that it was actually true suffering of something that was going on, um, you know, in my family home and, and, um, things that, you know, you don't want to happen and things that were just happening. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of shame around it. So I didn't really share with anyone. And in fact, I remember my best friend when I finally shared with her, cause I wrote a book about it and I shared with her, she was shocked to know that she's known me for like 20 odd years. She's like, I can't believe I never even knew this about you. Mm-hmm. And so just to give an idea of how much I kind of hid from it. So I can understand that when people are going through things, you never really know what they're actually going through. You know, um, everyone hides what, what they're going through and, and understandably so because we live in this world that's so judgmental and, you know, we base things on perceptions and stuff. So, um, so, so I understand. And w- the funny thing is that what I've been through is, is put me in a place where I always assume people are suffering and, and are in need of help. You know, I, I never allow myself to perceive things for what, to, to receive things the way they're being perceived. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a curious mind and, and curious to, to, you know, how people are and, and all that stuff. And, um, and so, so basically, you know, I got really, really, really busy and when I went to school in the States, I, a few times I didn't want to come home for the summer. I chose to live in California for a couple months to play for a soccer team. And so what I was actually doing, you know, I ran a lot. I would run for, and I say this in quotation, but I would run for fun for like two hours. No okay? way. And so, and so, so some people be like, man, you're so disciplined. I remember if a gym, I remember if I reflected on my day because I had a thing, list of things to do and I had structure. And if I looked in the next day, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have time to work out. I would seek a 24-hour gym and go to the gym at 4 in the morning to make it happen. Like, it wasn't an option not to happen. It's not like your schedule was molded around that time. You just went there because it's there. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Totally. And so, um, you know, I would count my calories. I was obsessive with my with my weight. And, um, and so... Um, you know, I was just obsessive with calories and, and what was being perceived as discipline and fit and all that stuff was in fact, you know, a form of control that I did not know I was doing. Okay. And so I can share a little bit that I feel like is necessary to share. Um, and, and that I know that my family can trust that, you know, I'm, I'm sharing for a good reason. But one thing that I grew up realizing was that, you know, my my mother is, you know, coming from an Italian background, and, and I know a lot of people can relate to this, and just that kind of generation. It's just all about giving to others um, and, and serving the family and the kids before yourself. Mm-hmm. And so in doing that, my mom, you know, her whole life, like, lived for her kids. And in doing that, um, she didn't wasn't loving herself and wasn't able to take care of herself. And as a child growing up and watching this, I... Um, I watched how that affected her life in many ways, in particular her her marriage and how she was being treated. And, you know, 
I kind of made sense of it over time, but I remember associating with, you know, wow, like if you don't take care of yourself and you don't love yourself, that's how people treat you, mm-hmm. you know, but how to love yourself and take care of yourself means you have to look a certain way. And, uh, and so I became obsessive with working out and everything because I, I lived to not be that way. Mm-hmm. I didn't live to be something. I lived to not be that way. And so my whole fight in my life was, you know, to avoid the pain that I had experienced growing up in my childhood. I mean, that's just like literally a fraction of, of what I've been through. But, um, and, uh, and I didn't realize I was doing that. So that's why I recognize, you know, as I'm sharing things uh, with people, if they're in a phase of their life where they're still in it, the way I was in it, I wouldn't hear me. I wouldn't hear this. I'd be, I was, because I didn't know I was doing it. So if anything, I'd feel judged or anything or, or whatever. So there just needs to be a point of surrenders where we're like, okay, I need to, I need help. I need something for us to be able to hear what it is that I'm saying and the message that I'm portraying. And, um, and so what ended up happening was I, um, I started to move really fast in my mind and within a two-year period to, to, you know, long story short, I got into four serious car accidents, two of which I was a pedestrian and I was hit. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so just to show you how stubborn (laughs) my ego was Mm -hmm. and how much I was running from the truth, not knowing it, I, um, so the first one I was, um... I was coming from a place of, of, actually, no, I pulled an all-nighter because I put together this really cool surprise party for my ex-boyfriend at the time, mm-hmm. and I had lacked sleep, and I told him at the end of the party with his family and everything, I said, like, I need to go home. And, um, hey, Howard. Howard just entered the room. <laughs> so, Howard, I'm just telling my story. <laughs> so, I, um, I basically... Um, I, I didn't want to stay to party after the party. Mm-hmm. So I drove, um, I told him I'm going to drive home. And so I drove home and I fell asleep behind the wheel and I crashed into a ditch. And, um, and I even remember when I crashed into the ditch, there was a car that pulled aside and right away was like, are you okay? And, and I'm like, yeah, I you know I'm like, I'm dressed in this dress. I'm looking really good and everything. And I'm, um, and I'm just kind of like, what the hell just happened? Right. Cause I passed out and I remember this guy pulled up and was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you know, where do you live? I'm like, just around there. Cause it was, I was coming off the exit. It was like three minutes away from home. And he said, you know, if the police sees you, they're going to charge you, turn off your lights, just come in the car. I'll take you home. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. And like, I obviously was like cluttered. And I'm like, let's just let me call someone first. So I, I'm, I'm calling someone and then the guy drove off. So it's just like, that was odd, <laughs> but obviously I, I wasn't in that right place. But so that's what happened. I damaged my car. I was safe. And then within about a year of that time, I was going to celebrate New Year's uh, with three of my girlfriends and um, lied to my strict parents that about me driving to Ottawa and told them we were going to Oshawa or something because we we're going to meet up with some guys. And um, so we're driving um, on the highway and I'm, you know, basically long story short it's like a winter storm I had to work so we didn't leave till like 5pm that day and try to make it for 10pm to shower get ready and party for New Year's right mm-hmm. so I um, so two hours into I think we were in Kingston or something like that um, there was a car in front uh, in front of me and you know to anticipate not like crashing you lightly press the brakes right you slow down and yeah. try to focus on that position yeah mm-hmm. and so the um, the my my friend, it was my friend's car, didn't tell me that we didn't have winter tires. 
Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> and so I lightly touched the brake and immediately felt like I, was, I had no traction. Mm-hmm. And we started to swerve and we, you know, spun the car and crashed into the rail all the way on the right side. And so now we're perpendicular to the highway. Mm-hmm. And I looked to the right side. And I remember my best friend being beside me. And we we're both looking to the right. And we're seeing this huge transport truck driving towards us. And I remember her being like, Rosa. And me, I just thought that that was the end. Mm-hmm. And um, the transport truck started to kind of turn a little bit. But they can't brake because then they'll swerve. So they're taught to like, he had to go through us, Mm -hmm. but he got the tail end of our car, the whole front wind, uh, the front windshield crashed, you know, like cracked open. Mm And she put her, my best friend put her hand on her head. There was blood coming out. I ran outside, grabbed snow and put on her head and it was like crazy. Right. So that was that. And then, um, the next one was, I was in California again, still running away from my life. Um, and, um, I was rollerblading on the sidewalk and there was a car, and here's the thing. So I was so obsessive with my workout. And I'm going to share this because I know it's very um, something that a lot of people can relate to. Mm-hmm. I was so obsessive with my workout and my body weight that while I was I was actually rollerblading to the gym because I would burn more calories that way. Okay. So I actually decided I'm going to rollerblade to the gym because I'll burn more calories. Right. And I never enjoyed working out. I needed music. Right. I'm not mindful during my workout. I would just jam to really good music and then the time would pass and I got her done. Right. And I needed to train for my fitness test because every year I'd go back to play soccer in preseason. They would kill us with the fitness. And so it was something I had to do. And so as I'm rollerblading to the gym, I'm listening to my MP3 player at the time. And uh, I'm rolling on the side. I'm, I'm rollerblading on the sidewalk, and a car coming out of a plaza. You know they're supposed to stop before the sidewalk. Yes. They didn't. Oh. They just drove through, threw me onto the street where oncoming traffic was coming, but it was far enough that I didn't get hit by a car. And I immediately got up, and everyone's like cursing at this guy. Are you crazy or whatever? And I'm coming up, and the guy comes out of the car. He's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And, and I had been living in Cali for about two months then, so it was about a week away from me going home. And I probably had about like forty bucks or 30 bucks left. So I remember thinking like, man, like I only have $30 left. I got to be wise. You know, I can't go out to eat. I have to buy groceries or whatever. And, um, and I remember when I, when the guy came out of the car, he's like, are you okay? Oh my gosh. I'm like, I remember looking at my MP3 player and trying to play the music and it was broken. I looked at him. I'm like, you broke my, my MP3 player. Like, I was so pissed off that that's what he did. You're not thinking about your wounds? No. You're not thinking No. About, like, about how am I going to work out now? Yeah. Oh I'm not going to enjoy my workout, right? I can't work out without music. Mm-hmm. And right away, he's like, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, how much did that cost? Whatever. I'm like, I don't know, like 80 bucks? And then he pulled out his wallet and he, like, gave me 80 bucks American. Okay. <laughs> that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. So he gave me 80 bucks. He's like, I'm so sorry. It's okay. Whatever. I'm like, yeah. He's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. But I was just, like, pissed that my, my MP3 was broken, right? <laughs> and so he, um, he then drove off or whatever and I'm, I'm playing around my mp3 and I, I was in denial I kept playing with him fine except the fact that it broke so I just threw it I threw it on the lawn and it's rollerbladed like pouted to the gym thinking you know so pissed mm-hmm. so then I go into the gym and I jump on a treadmill I run for about three minutes and I'm like screw it I stopped and I'm like I'm not motivated I don't want to do this right I just couldn't get myself to run which then obviously shows that I'm not able to work out without music on right mm-hmm. I'm, I'm lacking that presence so I'm not knowing this so I turn around I leave the gym I start rollerblading back and I see my mp3 player so whatever for whatever reason I grabbed it and I start playing around with it and it started to work really and my first thought was like yes I just made 80 bucks <laughs> right so um so that's like where my head was at. I still wasn't catching the message. Mm-hmm. Okay. So eight months later, 
I'm back at school on campus and I decide to skip class because I was painting my nails. My just my, How I justified that is I painted my nails and they weren't dry yet, so I guess I can't go to class. And it was the first day where the weather was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so I decided I'm going to go for a run. Yeah. So I went for a run and went for just for 20 minutes. And again, long story short, I, I got home. And as once I got home, I had to cross the street. And that's when I got hit by a car. And this time, you know, it caused me to have a metal plate in my arm. I was bedridden. You know, um, I was stuck on like the ground on in the um, in that like when I got hit by a car. Like mm-hmm. the, it took the ambulance forty five minutes to come get me. So my friend had to like direct traffic to make sure I wasn't run over. And it was like pretty bad. Oh, absolutely. And mm-hmm. so that's when my life changed. But when I was talking to Howard, um, actually. In the story, you know, he was asking if it's like when that light turned and it's like it was actually a progression. It was actually over the next two years after healing, because even then I still didn't get the point. So I had a sling in my arm and my the, for the first two months, I was stressed that I was going to gain weight. Mm-hmm. How am I going to burn calories? What oh, my gosh. My three player. Yeah. Like I was just more worried about things that still didn't matter. Like I wasn't getting the point. Mm-hmm. And so I um uh, when I was decent enough, I would go to the gym and jump on the elliptical with my swing on. I would try to weight train. My body's killing me. It's hurting. And even then, it's swelling. I'm not feeling good about myself, all that stuff. So I wasn't actually getting the point. And I ended up um, going to school. Um, when I went to school in Central Michigan University, we had this option to either do an internship at a hospital or work in the corporate setting, more like at a physiotherapy. Mm-hmm. And I chose, you know, I thought I was going to go into med school, and I chose to do the hospital thing. Where I experienced so many things and realized this this is not where this is not what I'm wanting to um, to do. I, I don't support this. I feel like I need to prevent people from getting to this point. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I graduated, came home, became a personal trainer. And so again, I'm still in that like industry of weight loss and all that stuff. But I'm I'm genuine. I've always knew I always knew that I wanted to help people. It's just how I thought you would help people is that when they look good, they feel good. And, uh, and so as I was, you know, a personal trainer, now all of a sudden, I know I got hit by a car or whatever, I'm recovering and I'm personal training people. And then there's this pressure that if you're a personal training, training people, you have to look good. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to work out and my body's just not responding. It's always in pain. And so it was a two year battle of just constantly trying to like work around this pain and my body just wasn't the same. And so, you know, I know it's very common for athletes to lose themselves after sports and, you know, it was my identity and all that stuff. So, you know. I just wasn't in a good place, but I was so loud and still fighting and focused on the fact mm-hmm. that I was gaining weight. <laughs> oh my I missed the whole point of everything, even after I was bedridden. And so just to give you an idea of where I was at, if, if I was listening to these podcasts about talking about love and this and that or whatever, I probably wouldn't even listen to the podcast. I wouldn't even attract it into my life. And that's what I'm saying is that there's an understanding that it's all in you know where you're at in your life to, to be able to receive this information. And I understand why it wouldn't be received when a person's in it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, over time, the crazy thing, what happened was, you know, because everything was in pain, all I could do is lie down and stretch and lie down and breathe. I remember sometimes having a client cancel and, um, my days were packed with clients. I would just stay at the gym just to use that time to stretch and relax because I was in pain from long days. But what started to happen is I started to do that. I would start to get into these states of relaxation. And I remember randomly, there was a few times where I felt emotional or I remember a few times where I would um, I would stretch and everything, and all of a sudden a memory would come to me of my childhood. I remember being like, "That's weird." Every time I like stretch my hips, like these things are happening, or or whatever. Like I just remember just random things happening to me, and I acknowledged it, but I didn't think anything else of it. Mm-hmm. And so, 
again, this is how life works. But um, I ended up seeing um, Tom Tom Cochran from Life Is a Highway. Oh yes. And I, I saw him for two sessions because he's he's in Oakville with his I think his mom or his wife or something, and he's also in Texas. But you know, from a by a from a mutual friend, um, we we connected, and he he purchased two sessions with me. And so the first session I worked with him and everything, he felt good. And the second one, he's like, listen, I really need to improve my hips. And I said, okay, cool. So, but I, I said to him, I said, I don't know what it is. I know you want me to work on your hips and you're leaving for Texas and I only have this one session with you. But do you mind if I work on this area? And I pointed around his chest area. I said, because I feel like that's the root of the problem. Like, that's why your hips are tight. I feel like we need to work on this area. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, it's like, well, what is it that you see? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm asking for permission. Can I work on that area? Right. And he said, uh, he's like, well, it's, um, well, it's, I, I just find it interesting because I had esophageal cancer and I thought that that's like what you're seeing. And I said, no, I'm not claiming that I'm seeing anything. I'm just, I don't know why I'm drawn to it, but I am. And, uh, and he said, oh, it's, well, it's like you're reading chakras. And I said, what's that? <laughs> and uh, and I remember him attempting to explain it to me to me, and I remember feeling like I don't think he knows what he's talking about because he wasn't able to describe it perfectly. And I'm like, okay, cool, yeah, and just let it let, let I let that be. Mm-hmm. And so you can see how slowly I'm starting to attract these conversations and things are happening where you know there's little signs and little things that are happening that are trying to show me something. And so that was that. And then coincidentally. Okay. A week, within a week of that happening, I had a friend of mine's like, oh my gosh, Rose, you have to read this book. It's called Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Miss. I'm like, okay. So I read this book. It's called Anatomy of the Spirit. And as I'm reading this book, it's talking about how we store emotions in our bodies and all this stuff. And so I didn't, I wasn't looking for anything. No. It just came across, right? I wasn't trying to do anything. And it resonated because it was validating what I was already experiencing, right? So I wasn't seeking help. I wasn't seeking to be better. I wasn't seeking anything. No, it just came to you as a it result. It just came to me as a result, mm-hmm. right? And, and I'll tell you why I'm stressing that. Hopefully, if I remember at the end of the story, I'll tell you why that's important to understand that. Um, so I... Um, so I read this book. I'm like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. It's what I'm feeling, right? And so I started to have more intention behind stretching and breathing and all this stuff. And I had it with the intention of healing myself now. So now my connection, my relationship with my body completely shifted. It wasn't about losing weight or anything like that. It was like, there's stuff that's happening within me. But what really made me want to focus on that was what I started to notice was I wasn't trying to change. But what I noticed is that there was conversations that I was attracting with people that were facilitate that was facilitating the awakening of what was happening, whether it was through books that people would say, oh, my gosh, Rosa, this or that or whatever, or conversations with people that was I wouldn't have heard what they were trying to say. But this time I was hearing it. But the main things that I noticed was that I would go out in public, whether it was a grocery store or whatever, and I noticed people staring at me. And it's not just like opinion. It was actually happening. I feel like people overly noticed me. Mm. And, um, and then another thing I would realize is that I would walk away from a situation. And it wasn't until after I walked away, I would look back and be like, that's odd. I remember something like that would have triggered me or I would have judged it, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't trying to be more positive because I didn't know I wasn't positive. I didn't know I wasn't trying to not be judgmental. I, I didn't know I was judgmental. I wasn't trying not to be angry. I didn't know I had anger mm-hmm. towards people. I, I, didn't, I wasn't trying to be not triggered. I didn't know I was triggered. It was like when you have a fan in the room, it just turns off and then you notice it's off, but you didn't know it was on. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I started to notice parts of me 
after the fact, after I changed, which means I wasn't trying to change. All I was doing was breathing, meditating, and focusing on working on my body. And I was witnessing, you know, I was witnessing my the change manifest before my eyes kind of thing. And, um, and then as I started to understand and accept what was happening, the intention just grew. You know, I had an even stronger intention of doing it. And then... It was around the same time, what was paralleling, it was around the same time I was personal training my clients and I would see them three times a week, more times than I would see, you know, my own friends. So you get to know them on a personal level. And despite the fact that they would lose weight and look good and everything like that, they may have maybe gained it back or they would plateau. But despite the physical changes that were temporary or not, you know, fully maximized, if you will, I um, one thing I noticed was that they weren't changing as people. There was something underlying that just still wasn't happy. So here they are, they're coming to lose weight. That's not because they want to better themselves, I'm thinking, so they can be happy. Mm-hmm. But if anything, it's not that they weren't happy. If anything, I noticed that their anxiety was worse, their depression was worse, their sleep was worse, their anger. I noticed that their well-being was worse even though they're physically getting stronger. Mm-hmm. So I made a note of this. And because of that, I, there was a, um, a lack of fulfillment in what I was doing. Because it's like, what's the point? Right. right? I feel like I'm going through the motions in here. And, um, but when I started to notice what was happening with me, with the body and myself awakening to a happier version of me, because I was always happy. Anybody who knows me knows that I was a relatively happy person, um, just struggling on the inside and, and just had you know issues with vulnerability. I... Um, I actually started to recognize, oh my gosh, so then if me opening and stretching the body and all that stuff is going to open me up to this and, and, and make me feel good, this tightening and closing down the body do the opposite. So if opening it allows me to expand and, and feel and express and be more of the more love, does the opposite bring us to more fear? Mm. And I only made this connection as I was watching things with my clients and behaviors. So there's a lot of internal things going on in my head where it's like, hmm, interesting, just a curiosity. I wasn't overthinking it, but I wasn't judging it either. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I remember starting to be more intentional then, not just with my practice, but my, more intentional with my training with my clients. And I started to ask them, hey, like, you know, where do you feel this? And I realized that an exercise I'd be doing that was intended for one area of the body, they were actually feeling it in the wrong area. Mm. And... Um, and I, and I noticed that when I asked them to do things with their body, there was a lack of body awareness and they just weren't feeling. And and the important thing to understand is that when I started to open up my body and started to really expand and these emotions would come and everything, I actually started to feel muscles I haven't felt my whole athletic career. I was numb to my body more than I thought. Just like I was listening to the music or whatever. Right, it's I was a distraction yeah, to myself. Yeah, totally. But I actually wasn't really feeling anything. And so I started to go into my clients' minds and ask them, like, hey, like, what do you feel? This? And I noticed that they weren't even there. They were physically there, but they were somewhere lost in a story of they something. They were busy trying to judge themselves or trying to figure out whether this number is acceptable, that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, totally. Or maybe just still thinking about the argument they had in the morning or this, and I was just that moment of to, to vent. I don't know. But regardless, they weren't present and they weren't feeling things. And so... Long story short, as I started to bring their attention towards and I started to change my approach to actually feel and all that stuff, they started to leave their sessions happy. And so I remember, I remember, you know, the joke is always like they're, they're walking away feeling stoned because there was like an endorphin release, right? And like, whoa. And so all of a sudden I started to get really busy with referrals of, of people who were suffering from like depression and grief and eating disorders, all these things. And they would come to me saying, I heard that you can help me. And I'm like, okay, well... 
in what you know like well I don't know but I heard that you can help me and I'm like okay well I just I'm a stretch therapist and a personal trainer and you know I'm really big on mindfulness and how how to do that and um, so I, I always made it a point to say I'm not treating anything but you know I I, I, I delivered the same thing to anyone and it didn't matter what they were doing mm-hmm. um, and so if it helps it helps great um, but it did get to the point where I evolved and got really busy and I had a wait list and I was literally like forced to have to start my own business. So again, it wasn't a choice that I made. It just kind of happened. And then in my, in the, in the, in the rise, my body, when we first had it, it was a greater space for a gym with a smaller meditation room. Um, cause I thought, you know, what, what we need is both. Mm-hmm. We need to meditate, relax, yin and yang. And then I got really busy. Like 90 to 95% of my clientele base was all coming for the meditation, the stretching, the opening, the healing. Wow. But I was still uncomfortable with expressing what I did. So people come see me. I was like in disguise. You know what I mean? I was just like, yeah, you know, I'm a stretch therapist and you'll feel good. Right. (laughs) And so it was kind of like secret because, you know, I hadn't accepted yet fully what was what was happening and and all that stuff. And um, until eventually, you know, I open up the next location and now it's like fully out there. Like ultimately, it's just about love and all that stuff. So that's just kind of really, believe it or not, a short version of my story. But what I noticed is that like my my commitment and my um, devotion to a mind body practice every day mm-hmm. is coming from a deeper understanding of what it's really doing. Mm-hmm. And I've completely detached myself from the whole calorie weight loss thing and all that stuff. And what's crazy is that I was never able to do handstands. I have a metal plate in my arm. I have neurological damage. I was told of what I wouldn't be able to do that I've surpassed completely. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I've been able to do things that I've never been able to do as an athlete. And I've been able to reach strengths, you know, that I never would have imagined. And so so now it's really about, you know, finding alignment and connecting with deeper parts of myself physically with a knowing that it's doing something to me on a whole other level. Mm-hmm. And so um, and, and and telling a person all of this and telling them the information that I'm accessing within myself, within my own practice, is not going to get someone to hear what I'm saying. No, it's about taking in the information about you being you and then you know, absorbing that wisdom. Totally. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, absolutely. And it's about, here's the practice, commit to it, trust, and just know that you will come to understand this from a, that place of wisdom. But if, and, and this is why when we read books, we absorb maybe 30% of it. But if you're engaging a practice of self-awareness and meditation and stretching and all that stuff, it does something where you're releasing things, not even knowing. So you're more of an awakened version of yourself. You're more present that when you all of a sudden read things that you need to hear in the messages, it just becomes more clear. They really resonate more and all of a sudden it's like why did I hear it now kind of thing right mm-hmm. and so um, and, and this is you know why when we injure ourselves or anything like that you know usually things happen after an injury when we start to address our physical physical body so anyways that's my story um, there is so much more to it believe it or not but I could go on and on about this and I tell it all the time so I'm always like shortening it more mm-hmm. and so that's the true story I wasn't hit by two cars I was in four car accidents I was only hit only hit by two <laughs> so. I'm, I'm looking forward to part two by the way because there has to be more to the story oh my gosh absolutely <laughs> just just know that you know what I would say that is so important to understand and what I realized Oh man, I can just go forever. Like I had a client, I love it when my clients ask questions because I don't know if how I'm delivering the message is not being received properly. So when they ask questions, it can help me give the same message in however, how, like, you know, I can say it in 20 different ways if I have to, I'm still going to give you the same message, but the more they ask questions, the more I can understand their language so that I can speak it in their language. Mm-hmm. But I had a client ask me a great question and, and, and this goes around, you know, it, it surrounds the t- same topic as, 
you know, we're, now we're living in a generation where we're all trying to be positive. We're all trying to be this. We're all trying to fix. And it's not going to happen if we're trying, right? We can't look for it. We need to actually accept it. I, I was in a place of acceptance. I wasn't trying to change anything. The only thing we need to do is find a time in the day where we can commit to a practice, where we commit to the relationship within ourselves. You know, I talked about in the podcast where, you know, um, protecting your home and just um, really mastering that relationship, the marriage between your mind and your heart and have a knowing that it's doing something, that it's shedding parts of you that you may not know yet. And then go on with life like a child, enjoy your life, be who you are. Don't worry about the MP3 player. Yes, do whatever, <laughs> yes, exactly. Don't try to be anything, just go along with life enjoying your life as it is. And when something comes to you, you will notice yourself seeing it differently and you'll notice yourself reacting differently and you will just notice yourself evolve naturally. You'll, you'll become the witness of what's happening. The only thing that we need to take charge in is the practice, the putting into work. When we read it in books and all that stuff but we're not actually meditating or anything, it just becomes knowledge and I'll tell you why this could be um, more hurtful for us. When we become so um, educated on certain things, but we're not able to live up to that knowledge, now it becomes another reason of why we're not good enough or why we're not there. And so rather than just allowing ourselves to experience, just do the meditation, stretch and, and do all that stuff and connect with yourself, go on with your day. And as things happen, allow your knowledge to, to actually be a source, um, you know, make it so that what you know is what you felt and what you experienced. So when you feel and experience something, you'll know it. So now they're in harmony. Now they're at the same level. But if you know something, it doesn't mean that you've experienced it. And so now if you know more than what you've experienced, that imbalance in itself creates a disharmony. Right? So always go based off feel. Let your heart guide. Our heads, our minds and our heads are always getting ahead. And that's the problem. It's not that we need to know more. We actually need to know less, do less, and just kind of be more. So... So, yeah. Anyways, I'm just going to abruptly end that one. That was a lovely story. Thank you. Thank you. And I will tell it 10,000 more times. Um, so, anyways, if you want to share your story um, or if you have a similar story, if you just have any questions or you just want to say hi to me or Phil, <laughs> you can email me at rosa at risemindbody.com or check me out on my Instagram on at... Um, at Rise with Rosa. You can check me on my website, www.risemindbody.com or Instagram on at Rise Mind Body. And until then, just choose to rise. And uh, till next time.